0: You are locked on Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, and you are indeed locked on Magic. Today is March nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. My name is Philip Rossmanreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about some of the balancing act that Steve Clifford has had to do in order to get the Magic to the position they're in and and why that is such a big deal for the Magic, especially moving forward as we begin to to, to scale back a little bit and and take stock of where the Magic are at as far as their long-term outlook uh, and what this season means in that perspective as, as we'll take a, a deep breath here as the Magic get a couple of days off for their uh, homestand uh, going on right now. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On podcast. I work by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Alfred Payton with another strong game for the New Orleans Pelicans. And yeah, it is a hashtag revenge game Wednesday when the Pelicans come to town. So you can check out Locked On Pelicans for a complete recap of that win for New Orleans over the Dallas Mavericks. You can also check out Locked On Heat to learn a little bit more about the eighth-seeded Heat as they took a game-and-a-half lead over the Magic, thanks to a win over the Russell westbrook Oklahoma City Thunder. You can check out that, plus Locked On NBA, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball for your fantasy basketball and NBA national perspective needs as well. All on the Locked On podcast, I work to search for iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Steve Clifford has has often said that this Magic team has to do things a certain way in order to be successful. They have to accomplish certain things and and, and play a certain way, And, and that's really true of any team, but to varying margins of error. The Golden State Warriors, for example, don't have to do as much as the Magic have to do if they want to win basketball games. I mean, that that may be a little too simplistic because the Warriors just lost to the Spurs, but the Warriors can get away with things that the Magic can't. Maybe that's a bit unfair. Let's use a different example then. The Toronto Raptors can set Kawhi Leonard and still rely on Kyle Lowry. Again, not a good example because Kyle Lowry got hurt in today's game. But could sit Kyle Lowry, or could rely on Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and now Pascal Siakam to still win games against most opponents. The Magic are not these teams. The Magic are more like the Heat, the team they're chasing in the playoff race. Somewhat like the Nets, although I think they're a little different. They're kind of hovering in there. And, And currently, like the Pacers, without Victor Oladipo. They don't have that one guy they can rely on to, to bail them out. They don't have a guy who can just create a difference and and light a spark every night consistently out of nothing. No, in order for the Magic to win, they need three or four or five guys all playing really well. They need their defense playing at a high level. And frankly, they need their starters, the players that they rely on most to do well. In fact, honestly, one of the biggest surprises of the season is that the Magic are playing so well and are in this playoff race when one of their better players has had a, frankly, terrible shooting year in Evan Fournier. Perhaps other players have picked up the slack. You know, Nikola Vucevic has played a lot better. Terrence Ross has been a big boost. Jonathan Isaac stepped up, and, and the Magic's turnaround is matched with Jonathan Isaac's increased play. There are a a lot of factors that go into a Magic win. And if one of those pieces isn't there, especially with the number of close games the Magic play, if one of those pieces isn't there, especially that defensive piece, the Magic are just as likely to lose to anyone as they are they can beat anyone when they're playing well. And the bottom line on top of all of that is the Magic don't have the depth to really keep up with the best teams in the league. They do put a very heavy burden on their starters. This is no surprise, I think. I think entering the year, everyone recognized the Magic had certain weaknesses. The point guard position certainly one of them. It's been stronger, perhaps, than we all expected. But Isaiah Briscoe's sudden emergence as a backup point guard really changed and sparked the team. Both Briscoe and Isaac coming into their own at the same time turned the Magic into a pretty darn close-to-elite team, at least for that month. Briscoe's injury brought some identity crisis, honestly. Jaron Grant wasn't quite cutting it, and at least through one game, Michael Carter-Williams has played extraordinarily well. Maybe not extraordinarily well, that's probably a little too strong, but he played well. His impact was noticeable. But the Magic really have not been able to rely on their depth. They don't have a true playmaker and creator off the bench. They don't have a true scorer, just just a bucket getter. Terrence Ross is a shooter, a slasher. And they need guys to set him up. He's not breaking anyone down off the dribble or, frankly, passing the ball very much. And that was a huge gap in the Magic's lineup. And I think early on in the season as Steve Clifford was learning and assessing his roster, he struggled to find the right rotation to get it going. In reality, a lot of the Magic's success this year has been guys emerging and coming into their own at the right time. But a big part of the battle for the Magic this season has been finding the right lineup combinations and rotation to maximize the Magic's best players while minimizing some of the struggles that they'll inevitably have. Really, one of the big changes that Steve Clifford made was playing Aaron Gordon with the second unit. It happened fairly early on in the season. And it honestly felt like Gordon bristled a little bit at it to begin with. Gordon would be the first player taken out of the lineup at the beginning of games. He'd come back in in the late first quarter and play to about the middle of the second quarter anchoring that second unit. And early on in the season, it did not have much success. Aaron Gordon had a slow start offensively to the season. He hasn't had quite the offensive season that everyone expected of him. But he's slowly grown into that role. He's not forcing things as much when maybe that's where the Magic wanted him to do that. But it it wasn't quite effective. And so Clifford made another change to boost the bench. And that was to add Evan Fournier to the lineup, at the beginning of the second quarter. Now that lineup would be at its peak Isaiah Briscoe, a hard-charging guard that could get into the lane and defend. Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, and Cam Birch, or Mobamba at the time. That lineup provided a little bit more balance. You had a scorer in Gordon, you had a scorer in Fournier, you had a scorer in Ross. You had Ross and Fournier who could spread the floor, Gordon who was a Decent three-point shooter, has become a better three-point shooter. And he had a hard roller in Ken Birch. That group sparked fire. And even taking Aaron Gordon out of the lineup and adding Wessel Wendu to the starting lineup maintained the defensive intensity he wanted even if you lost some of the offensive flair. But you had D.J. Augustin and Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic to pick up that slack. That little change, discovering that little change, however long it took Clifford to do it, and maybe it did take a little too long. Maybe he did put his trust in the wrong places to begin the year. But once they discovered that spark, once they discovered how to balance that lineup, it changed the Magic's fortunes. It really did. And this battle honestly still continues. Because that bench lineup is still inconsistent. Evan Fournier hasn't come out of the shooting slump. He's had a poor shooting year. There's no way around it. Aaron Gordon isn't quite the offensive player that he was last year, even. He isn't super aggressive 40-point scorer. He's gotten better. His shot selection's gotten better. But he isn't someone taking anyone off the dribble any yet. And Isaiah Briscoe's injury has thrown a wrench into a lot of the Magic's plans. And they're hoping Michael Carter-Williams can, can get into the lane and create those drive and kick opportunities that the Magic offense absolutely needs to succeed. As good as that bench lineup has been at times, it has been horrendous at times too. Because they still don't have a natural off-the-ball score. They have guys who can get into the paint and create a little bit, but they're still relying on three-point shooting, which is not their forte. And so that quest for balance continues. That quest to find the right lineups and stretch this limited roster out as much as they can continues. And it's not an easy path and not an easy task for Steve Clifford to undertake. And perhaps it previews a bigger issue the Magic are facing as this season winds down and they think about a very, very important decision, several important decisions, they have to make this offseason to set the team on this continued right path. The NCAA tournament is this week. That's fun. I'm currently working on my brackets. I I did my first run through. Uh, I got Florida State in the Final Four, which I've watched a lot of Florida State basketball. They're a fun team. I'm not saying that because Jonathan Isaac's a good dude. I wouldn't say that about USC. USC is terrible. I certainly wouldn't say that about my Northwestern Wildcats. We're going to win the women's NIT, but that's neither here nor there. I'm running through my brackets right now. I know I got till Thursday. I like to get them done before the first four because I actually picked the first four games, but that's because I'm a crazy person. But... I'm working on these brackets, and, and I know I've got to get those in and make sure I win the tournament pool. I, I've won it once. I, I am not terrible at NCAA tournament brackets. I, I, I mess up the first round a lot. I usually get at least one, maybe two teams in the final four. I'll get like five, four Elite Eight teams. I just mess up the first weekend. As long as I don't mess up the first weekend, I'm usually golden. And so I know that there's only one place I can go to enter my tournament brackets, or at least get the opportunity to win the big prize at the end. And that's over at DraftKings. Did you know you can fill out a tourney bracket at DraftKings this year? DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney. You might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. That's like two steps away from one million in who wants to be a millionaire, I think. I used to do a really good Regis impersonation. I know who I'm picking to win the national championship, and because I'm lame, it's Duke. But guys, they're really good. I do have Florida State in the final four, and at least my first run through. And I'll share my brackets before Thursday. Don't worry. I'll I'll make sure you all know. I'll make sure I'm on the record so you can all laugh at me when New Mexico State doesn't make the Sweet 16. You know how these work. We're all wrong. But before tip-off of the first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. And that's all there is to it. And the best part is you can play for free with code DRIBBLE. That's code DRIBBLE. D-R-I-B-B-L-E. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends and compete for bragging rights. Download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use promo code DRIBBLE to enter bracket battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code DRIBBLE to enter the bracket battle for free and only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. From time to time, ESPN comes out with those super fun uh, future power rankings. It's kind of a, you know, I wouldn't call them random because because they I think their experts and, and their writers do put some thought into them. Uh, but it is a bit of a specious argument in, in some respects. It is essentially a projection of of what the power rankings in the league will look like in three years. I think the one thing we do know about this league, though, is it is impossible to predict what's going to happen in three years. Three years ago, who would have thought that Kyrie Irving would be on the Celtics and looking to move on from them? Or that LeBron James would be on the Lakers and they wouldn't be in the playoffs? Stuff like that. It's hard to project things out three years. But it is an interesting thought exercise. To look at a team and its current balance sheet and, and, and where it's at and how they're playing now and project that a little bit into the future. And certainly for the Orlando Magic these last few years, it's been hard to predict much about them, even before they cashed in all their chips and came out broke. They're at the bottom of the league. Last year, the last time these rankings came out, they were number 25. But the way they've played this year, plus the acquisition of Markel Fultz, has started to change some minds. And ESPN's latest future power rankings, the Magic rose from 25th to 20th. They've still got a lot of their draft assets. They've still got a great, a solid ownership group. They've still got a solid facility. They've still in a solid market. The biggest issue remains. How will their players develop? And already you can see the formation, at least, of an intriguing core group. Of a team that could develop into something down the road. Aaron Gordon is only 23 years old. Second leading scorer on the team, and yeah, I would still say has plenty of room left to grow Jonathan Isaac, a second-year player, started to come into his own. Mohamed Bamba, as much as he struggled at times this year, showed some extremely encouraging flashes. And while he is still a major project, certainly a player that can make an impact in this league moving forward. I have no doubt about that. How much of an impact is the question? And of course, the question that question, same for Isaac, same for Gordon, is why you can be a little skeptical. None of those guys have shown they're ready for stardom quite yet. And then you have Markel Fultz, the former number one overall pick, who has struggled to see the court. There is reason, because of those four players, for cautious optimism. If those guys hit and continue to develop, the Magic should continue to get better. And so the first time in a while, we can sit and look at the Magic's young players and say, for the most part, they are producing on the floor today with the opportunity to continue getting better. What makes the Magic situation so unique and so difficult to to decipher is the presence of several veterans that are probably more key to the immediate short-term success of the Magic than anything else. Nikola Vucevic is obviously the Magic's all-star. Without him, this Magic team is probably one of the worst teams in the league. He has completely changed the outlook for this team and really for lack of a better term, is the heartbeat of this team. Certainly if not the heartbeat, the backbone. I didn't do well in I didn't do well in anatomy. That's a lie. I I did okay in anatomy. But he is vital to this team's success, however you want to measure it. DJ Augustin has been equally as vital, just providing steady play throughout the year at the point guard position. The Magic are a significantly worse team without him. Terrence Ross has provided a spark that no one else on the team has. He can get hot in a hurry and score a lot of baskets and tough shots at that. Magic don't really have guys like him. And then there's Evan Fournier, who has been a disappointment with the shooting, obviously, but, but still a solid player. The Magic have gathered all this together and turn it into the ninth seed in the East at the moment. A game and a half out of the final playoff spot. A team that is still, no matter how you measure, want to measure success, below five hundred. Yes, the Magic have exceeded expectations this year. They've already passed the over-under number from Vegas. I had them at 32 wins at the beginning of the season. They, have sur- they are certainly going to surpass that. And yes, they are in the playoff race deep into the season if you would have told me in October what the team's goal was, I would have told you mid-30 wins, compete in the playoffs to the end of the season. Be in the playoff race into March. I will un- I will probably say this again after the season. This season is something of a success. But I think as Steve Clifford pointed out on the Orlando Magic Pod squad earlier this week, or it was actually last week while they were in Washington. If the Magic miss the playoffs, it will be a disappointment. And I will actually go on and say that while I think that this season is a step in the right direction, missing the playoffs at this point would make this season not a failure, not quite a disappointment, but certainly not a success. The only success for this Magic team in 2019 is to make the playoffs but moving forward you can see the outlines of what this team ultimately wants to be moving forward you can see moving forward you can see that this team can succeed and can compete for something meaningful and most importantly can get better i get a lot of people who say why go for the playoffs why be the 8 seed and get swept Mediocrity is not the goal. And I agree completely with that statement. But mediocrity is a step toward contending. And as I often say, just making the playoffs, I think, makes your players more valuable in the trade market. It opens doors and avenues to free agents that you may not have had otherwise. But most importantly, mediocrity is okay as long as you're stepping and moving forward, as long as there is a path forward and you take that path forward. If you're mediocre and that's as good as you can be, that's a problem. And that's really going to be one of the central questions the Magic have to ask themselves this summer. Is this as good as this Magic team can be? Or is this the beginning of how good this Magic team can be? And I think that's why the Magic are rated 20th in the future power rankings. Because nobody is sure if this Magic team is ready or capable of taking another step next year. Or whether this is the inevitable end of the Rob Hennigan group. Of Vucevic, of Fournier. Of, to some extent, Gordon. And that there isn't a clear path forward. At least a path forward that gets immediate success. That keeps the team in the playoff hunt. The frustration that some fans have, and I've heard it, I've seen it. That it's Nikola Vucevic and DJ Augustin. And to some extent, Evan Fournier leading the way this season. There is a little bit of truth to that. There is a little bit of truth to that frustration. Because you're right, and I think Evan Fournier said this before a game earlier this year, if they don't make the playoffs this year, that should be it for this group. They've probably taken it as far as they can. And I think the real question then is does making the playoffs really change that argument? It is a fair question to ask. It's really fair to ask that question. These are the big Existential, existential questions that Jeff Wiltman's going to ask of his staff, of, of, his, of his team, as they look for that path to move forward. Because one of the big decisions they have to make this summer is Nikola Vucevic. Do you re-sign him? How much do you re-sign him to? How much do you commit to him? I've gotten into healthy but heated debates about this question. And of course, Vucevic will have a say in this matter too because he's a free agent. He's going to assess what's important to him, how much he feels he is worth. And if a team makes an offer the Magic cannot match, I am certain he will leave. And where does that leave the Magic again? Again, these are big questions that the Magic will ask themselves in the offseason. We will certainly sit here and ask them again. Because this is really what this summer is going to be about. And honestly, I don't think how this season ultimately plays out, whether the Magic make or miss the playoffs, will change that opinion. I think the Magic know what they have. I think the Magic know how much a player like Vucevic, how much a player like Ross is worth to them. And I'm certain the Magic have an idea of where they would like to see this team get better. We have a lot of data. You have a lot of understanding of how this specific team plays. And we'll see which direction the Magic go in June and July. How much they give over to their young players next year or whether they continue to bring them along slowly. And I think this front office has shown that they are going to bring players along slowly. And yes, the question next year will be asked, probably of Aaron Gordon most of all, can you step up and take over this team? Can you make this your team? Can you keep pushing this team forward? And that's really a big question the Magic can ask now of all their players. Because right now, those long-term questions are, at least for the Magic, something to keep in mind, something to have in the back of their head, but ultimately irrelevant. Because if the answer to those questions don't change with what happens the rest of the season, all that matters now then is to make the most of this season. I won't sit here and tell you the Magic's future is bright or certain. I would sit here and tell you that as much as I believe that starting off as an eight seed and getting swept or, or winning a game in the first round or just experiencing the first round would be vital to this team's development. I think it would be so huge for this group to experience that. And I think it will help them get better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, sit here and tell you that I would expect the Magic to make the playoffs again next year if that were the case. I don't know if I could sit here and tell you I'd expect the Magic to be more. Than a 7 or a 6 seed next year. That they can get that much significantly better. Maybe they can. Maybe making the playoffs in that way in a different path with, you know, Fultz and Bamba and Isaac and Gordon taking another step. Maybe that is the next step. I can't sit here and guarantee any of that. All I know is for now, they have to make the most of this season. Next season is next season. And there are big questions about next season. But the bigger question is, can this Magic team realize its full potential and all it can do this year and achieve that goal that has eluded them for so long? The Ringer put up an article late last week saying which team fighting for the eighth seed needed it most. And something I have said a lot about this season and why this season is important is this season is really about restoring legitimacy in the the franchise. Showing the rest of the league that this team can succeed, can grow, and can move forward. Again, I would argue that already this season has proven a success. In that Ringer article, I believe it was Haley O'Shaughnessy, wrote, the Magic have kind of quietly been a playoff team this year. Everyone's excited about young cores and and a, and a team like Sacramento. But Orlando's got a lot of young pieces too that should excite people. And making the playoffs would be a sign that they are moving in the right direction. And I think that's absolutely vital and absolutely the only focus that matters right now and why it is so important, not just for this year, but for moving forward, for the Magic to make that playoff push. Orlando is a game and a half out of the final spot of the playoffs after Miami's win over Oklahoma City on Monday. They get the New Orleans Pelicans at home in game three of this five-game homestand on Wednesday. Every game matters now. And we'll see if the Magic can take care of business and get back into the playoff hunt. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_omd, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter there at Daily, That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip and wright I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.